Okay, look at that. I got a neon sign. How cool is that? My husband bought me that neon sign. It was very sweet. I am so excited for my guest today. It is my daddy. It's Jimmy. Uh, so many people have asked me to have my daddy on uh, as a guest, and he's very shy. He's camera shy. I mean, he thought I was going to make him dance with me at our wedding, and he hid. We talked about his parents. We talked about him as a parent. We talked about um, him with my kids, with who he is, with camping, with his childhood a little bit. It was really fun, and it's really special to me. So I hope you enjoy listening to my daddy. And um, thanks for coming back every week. Thanks for uh, sharing my podcast with your friends. I appreciate it. Thanks for all the emails. I read them all. I may not be able to respond to all of them, but I definitely read all of them. So thank you for uh, each and every one. So we're reading Pride and Prejudice for the book club. It's probably going to be at least three, maybe four weeks from now. Um, Yeah, probably four weeks from now. So keep reading. Uh, I'm reading. I'm on chapter 15, and I love it again still. So anyway, thank you so much for listening and for watching and everybody stay safe and I'll see you next week. I rode my bicycle past your window last night. I roller skated to your door at daylight. It almost seems like you're avoiding me. I'll tell you a story about um, your daddy. My daddy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Remember when I decided to make that, like, interview book of everybody in the family? Mm-hmm. I went and asked everybody the same exact set of, like, 25 questions. And then I recorded you, voice recorded you, and then I typed it all up in a book and gave it to everybody for Christmas. You remember that? Mm-hmm. This is what your daddy did. So I'd say, I don't remember what the questions were. It was so long ago. I'd say, so Pop, um, tell me where you grew up over there. (laughs) But where? You know where I grew up. But I'm asking you this so I can record it. But you already know that. Okay. Um, How long have you been a farmer? Long time. But how long? Well, you already know that. And I'm like, well, this is not what I was looking for. I'm trying to document your life for your family. He was so stinky. He and then your mother. Oh my God! I couldn't get her to stop talking. Is that right? Yes, and I have it recorded, which I'm actually really excited about because now I can go back and listen to it as her voice, right? Which is really amazing now that she's dead. Yeah, that's a, a gift. So I started asking her questions, and she just I asked her some question about. Something probably to do with pop. And in the middle of it, she goes, I bet you think he's my first boyfriend. And I went, 
Yeah, I thought he was your first boyfriend. And she cackled and she went, well, he wasn't. <laughs> and I said, who was? Who was? And she said, Meb was my first boyfriend. Exactly. I was in love with Meb and Charlotte stole him from me. <laughs> she told me all that I recorded. You gotta be kidding me. It was awesome. And then she went on and on. She went, I bet you think I hadn't kissed anybody but Pop. And I said, well, yeah. She was just cackle and shake her head no. I can't imagine her talking about stuff like that. Me neither. And so I thought Pop would have been a shoe-in. He would have just been easy-peasy blabber. I would have two tapes for it. Yeah, you would have thought you couldn't shut him up. Could not get him to talk. I could not get him to cooperate. It was so frustrating. Hmm. And then Granny, I couldn't get to shut up. They're right backwards. That, I know, because she never, I mean, I mean, she talked, obviously, but of the two of them. Mm, talks a lot less. She talks a lot less, <laughs> right? Yeah. So fascinating. So one of the reasons it's nice to do this podcast with you is now I have it recorded. And <laughs> when I am 72 and you are gone, I will have it. That's true. And so that's really, to me, more than anything, what that's about. So then you don't even have to put it on. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's why I said we're recorded. If you don't like it, I don't release it. I'm 100% fine with that. But we can talk about a bunch of stuff. Okay. And you know, I'm, I sincerely mean it. If you even just say, cut the first half of it out or don't put any of it up, I don't, I'm fine with that. But okay. I really do love that recording of Granny. Well, I can imagine so. That I love it. Great. It's so great. Just to get her to talk about stuff like that. And I wanted, I wanted all the pop stories. You know, he has so many stories. Oh, I can't imagine why he didn't tell them to because he loves to tell stories. All he did was tell stories. Yeah. But right. he would not. I don't know what's up with that. And I told him that. I explained all of this to him. I said, I am doing this so that when you're gone, and I'm trying to explain who you are to my kids, they can hear your voice and listen to these stories. I mean, luckily, my kids knew Granny pretty well to be mm -hmm. 3,000 miles away, but I didn't get it. What they get is Mr. Stinkman. He was so stinky that I go, well, I don't even want them to listen to that. I don't understand that. I was, I was, he always loved to tell stories. Right? Hours and hours. <laughs> and hours. I think it's how I learned to be a storyteller. Could be, because he was good at it. He was very good mm -hmm. at it. He knew exactly how to capture an audience and when mm -hmm. to just let them go. Yeah. He was really good at it. So I was a little bit heartbroken. Why, well, yeah. When he wouldn't talk to me about it. Surprise would be more the word. No, I was heartbroken because <laughs> I wanted that. I wanted to be able to sit down with Isla, who never met him, and George was only two when he died, and say, this is the guy I've been talking about my whole life. Because yep. I have told them lots of stories about Pop. Yeah, I asked uh, Isla the night. I'd forgot that she was only six months old, mm -hmm. you know, when he passed away. I said, do you remember Pop? She said, I never met Pop. And it hit me. I said, oh, that's right. You never met Pop. Nope. <clears throat> she was at his funeral. Huh? She was at his well, funeral. <laughs> it's not the same as me. <laughs> Hardly. She's five months old. Yeah. She was little. <clears throat> I doubt Georgia remembers anything about him. No, she doesn't remember. But you know, she's seen him. Yeah. Do you? I mean, she's seen his ghost. For real? Do you didn't know that? No. Oh, I haven't told you this story. No, I bet no, I did. No, no, no. You don't remember it. After no, that's he a good possibility that maybe because it was about fourteen years ago. He's been gone that long. Can you believe that? Yep. For uh oh. 
Sorry. Someone's calling. I'm just going to turn my ringer off. Um, I guess that didn't work, did it? Um, so he died in December. And I took Isla home. And we went to the funeral. And I came back. And it was really shortly after I was home. Maybe just a couple days. I used to rock Georgia to sleep. She would sit, like, facing me and lay her head on my chest wrap her legs around my waist, and I would rock her. She has always had a really hard time going to sleep. So I'm rocking her and rocking her and rocking her. And she sits straight up and goes, who's that man in the doorway? And I said, there's no man in the doorway. She said, yes, there is. He's wearing a funny outfit. Now, Pop always wore overalls. Mm -hmm. Now, for her, that was a funny outfit. (laughs) And I thought, "That that is Pop. He came to check in. I just knew it was him. I had a, I just knew that's who she saw. Hmm. And then she laid back down, and I got her to sleep. Right? And this was shortly after you got home. Probably <clears throat> within within prob within four days. It was two or three days probably after I got so, home. Jordan had been two and a half. She'd been two and a half. Who's Damn. that man in the doorway? You know, Georgia's always super verbal and really really good at expressing herself. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I just knew it. When she said it, I thought that was pop. That's eerie. It wasn't eerie. (laughs) I didn't think it was eerie. You know why? Because I was clearly his favorite. (laughs) Right? I mean, he was checking on me. I know Carol says Leslie's his favorite. I think Leslie is his other favorite. I was. had two favorites. Evidently. I don't want to take it from Leslie. (laughs) but You need your part of it. I need my part of it. (laughs) Because I was, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Pop related to you in ways he never related to anybody else. Why do you think that is? Ah, the way you talk to him. The way I talk to him? Why? Because nobody else talked to him that way? Evidently not. I mean, I went around everybody else when I was talking to him, but evidently there's something different about it. But what do you, I mean, I just talk to him like I talk to you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like you talk to everybody else you talk to. Yes, I talk, yeah, like everybody else. Pretty much, yeah. And he just related to that, I guess. Well, there was definitely a difference between you and the rest of the, not that he loved you anymore. Any less, no, of course know, not. No. Just, uh, y'all two just, your chemistry was just right. We clicked. Yeah. But you know, I used to go down the pasture with him and check the cows. How many other kids did that? I don't know of any, but okay. I don't know, but I don't know. They I also didn't. wasn't there all the time. They didn't. Okay. I, I was mean, always... they sure they probably did once in a while, but if you come home for a visit, yeah. would you come home for what, how many days? Three or four days, maybe? Yep. One of them days you made a point to drive a pop. I did. The rest of them were all the time. Probably didn't do it once a year or twice a year. You talking about when I'm an adult? Yeah, even after you got to be an adult. Yes, I did always when I was an adult. I wanted to make sure that I saw them. That's what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. The others would be there. You know, they live within, what, five, six, seven miles of his house. They yep. might not see him, but two or three times a year. Which was crazy. Yeah, but you would. Make a point, even though you were only there for a few days, to make sure that at least a big part of one day was spent with him and Granny. That's true. I did always. I love them very much, and I know my cousins love them very much too. But they live close by. Thank you. I think anybody takes that for granted when you live down the street from someone you You love. But I did. I got tomorrow. Yeah, I do it Saturday. You know, it's it's easy. It is easy. But like when you're far away and you're there, got to decide what's most important to spend on them days. So I was in my apartment in New York City one day, and my phone rang. My phone rang. Okay. And I answered it, and all I heard was chewing. (laughs) 
Pop had called me eating one of Granny's tea cakes, and he said, I sure am sad you can't have one of Granny's tea cakes, and hung up on me. Oh, you got to be kidding. No, hung up. I had to call him back and go, what are you talking about? He had to think that's hilarious. He did. He was just laughing. he was. He was a turkey. I can see him now. Right? You know, he said, Willamay, you have Leanne's phone number? Dialed it and then just chewed. Yeah, he don't call nobody. Hardly. Call anybody. <laughs> no. I think that was the only time in my entire life he called me. Is that right? <laughs> it was just for a joke. <laughs> I don't know. He didn't much call nobody on the telephone. Well, he just chewed and said, I sure am sad you're missing Granny's tea cakes and hung up. So he clearly wasn't calling to talk to me. He was calling to give me. The ribby. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly what that was. But that was our relationship. <laughs> that's right. I didn't really rib him much, I don't think, but he ribbed me like that. Mm-hmm. We had a good time. Yep. He was a great pop. He was exactly what I needed. <laughs> the right? time you needed it. Yep, he was. And so yep. was Granny. I just didn't realize Granny's value until I got to be an adult. She was so quiet. Well, and and, and she, he, Granny was not as much fun. No. Not that she was not any fun, but she was always in the house doing stuff. Pop was outside doing stuff where, where you wanted to be, you know. Yes. So naturally you're going to be closer to Pop than Granny because you, you wouldn't want to sit in the house and watch Granny cook when you was 12 years old. No. <laughs> but if Pop was going down in the pasture, you subject to be doing that. That's true. You know, that's, that's the reason. So one day he got your dune buggy. I was probably, this was probably a summer day, and I think I was at the shop with you. Which is odd, because I always stayed at Phyllis's, but I remember being at the shop, and he came up on the dune buggy, and he said, want to go for a ride in your dune buggy? And I went, yeah, I do. And he took me down to the river where they were building the bridge, and it had that swinging bridge on it. And he climbed, he went down one bank of the river, which was extremely steep. underneath where the bridge was being built and then back up the other side and then turn donuts in the pasture on that side and went down, under, up, donuts. Down, under, up, donuts. Just cackling and laughing. We had the best time. Then he took me back to the shop and dropped me off. How old was he then? Lord, I don't know. I was probably 11. So if I was 11, you would have been 31 or 2. If you were 31 or 2, you'd... He would have been about my age. Mm-hmm. How about that? Yeah, pretty close. <laughs> well, I would totally turn donuts at my age. I thought he was old, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. In your mind, now you're thinking, this 60-something-year-old man is out there pulling donuts, but he really wasn't 60-something years old. Oh, I'm sure in my mind, I thought he was 95. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's definitely too old to be turning donuts. <laughs> yeah, he, <clears throat> we was all standing around out in front of the chicken house above a shop out there i had drove up in that same dune buggy you know how loud it was it's so loud had that stinger header on it uh-huh. and teepee header we call it he said i need to go check the cow let me borrow you we're at wagon here yeah. i said go ahead so he pushed down through the pasture just as slow but when he got down there in the bottom to the river oh ooh, he was cutting some donuts and ripping across you can hear him you know i mean it's just like you're standing right next to him and he comes putting back up that hill just as slow like he ain't done nothing we all just die life there's about a dozen of us standing around up early right? when he did that. that's so funny. It was funny why do you think he hid that why was he being sneaky <laughs> well i guess because all the years that we had them on hot rod stuff he always stayed on us about 
the more loud mufflers and yeah. and running fast and laying black marks and all that kind of stuff. He always on us about that. So he probably just felt bad that he'd get out there and feel like doing the same thing. Because <laughs> it's <laughs> fun. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think you learned from him the most? What do you think the most important thing you learned from Pop? Learned from my, from him? Yeah. Doing a job right. Doing a job right. Yep. No matter what it is. He did do that. <clears throat> he made us build our first pasture fence when me and my brother was probably, I don't know, how old were we? 14, 15 maybe. Mm-hmm. We built a fence down through the middle of the pasture, uh-huh. just a petition fence. Uh-huh. Got there at evening, he stood top looking. He said, I can see more than one pole. Y'all going to have to pull him up and start over. What does that mean you can it see? the first pole needs to cover up all the rest of it it's straight. So if you eyeball it, you only see the first pole. Oh, that would be really hard to do. Impossible. Why? Well, then why would he ask you to do if it's impossible? Well, when we got through straightening them up, yeah. he said, you won't never have to do that again, but you need to know how it needs to be done. Um, we never had to do it that good again, but you better believe we got close every time. Right. <laughs> as close as you could. I wouldn't yeah, want to redo look, it. It didn't look too far off. <laughs> <laughs> but we had to pull a bunch of them up and redo them. I, and he said, I, I won't make you do that again, but you need to know what it needs to look like when you do a job, you need to know how to do it right. Well, that's interesting because that is definitely one thing that I have learned from you is uh, to do a job right. But more than just the craft part of being right, to be ethical, to be ethical in yeah, your work. What's underneath what you're saying. Yes, for it to have integrity, for yeah. you not to cheat anybody, for you to, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff, to be to be right. Yep. I learned that from you. So that it come from pop. It come from pop. He was like that until he got on up in age. And then he used to all his equipment. He used to take really good care of it. Mm-hmm. He serviced it right. Took care of it. Now he worked the crap out of everything he ever owned. Yeah, he took care of it. But when he got to be a certain age, he didn't want to do nothing but hit that switch and put that thing gear. You go down the road. <laughs> he didn't want to check nothing. <laughs> But he was up, you know, 75 years old by then. Yeah. You know, but he was real good on his equipment up till he got to that point. Right. And, and that's the way he was about building a house. It had to be built just right or set of cabinets. Or, you've seen the table and stuff he built, you know. That, yes. There was nothing short about any of it. No. That's the way he was till he got up in his 70s, you know. And he began to, to slack off on it for some reason, though, I guess. <laughs> Didn't matter to him as much anymore. I guess not. I don't know. Who yeah. knows? Maybe he just... But yeah, that's where it come from. It come from him. You think that came from his dad? You know, I don't know, because his dad was, uh, Papa Kemp was uh, not a big talker. So. Oh, tell me about <laughs> it. I was terrified of that man. I thought he was like a statue. Yeah, didn't talk, didn't move. Yeah. And was white as a ghost. But I don't remember him ever. And my daddy sent me up there to help him in the summers for several years. And I don't remember him ever. I don't remember him ever teaching me anything. Other than how to sack coal. Oh, Papa Kemp didn't teach you anything? If he does, I don't remember. I don't remember. Now, Uncle Mayo, I learned a lot of stuff from him. He was a really smart guy. Yeah. Uncle Harvey, I learned a lot of stuff from him. Harvey was real good as far as knowing stuff. Uh-huh. So I learned a lot of stuff from him, too. Uncle Mayo, I learned a lot of stuff from him. But most of what I learned, I learned from my daddy. Well, you are a really good teacher. Oh, yeah, right. You are. <laughs> daddy was, too. If you... Looked like he was interested in learning. Mm. Now, he didn't have time for you. If you, he started showing you something, tried to teach you something, and you just sort of brushed it off, he done. Yeah. He mess with you no more. 
I think he valued his knowledge. Exactly. Yeah. Not waste his time. Totally. Yeah, I agree with it, too. I understand that completely. Mm -hmm. That's probably why he and Carol got along so well, too. exactly. Because she loved to To learn. learn. Yep. Yep. Exactly right. Yep. You love to learn. Yeah, I do. Used to. You've always loved to learn. (laughs) Yeah, used to. You still love to learn. (laughs) I've reached my limit. No, you have not. You've not slacked off like your daddy. Not quite yet. I'm trying. Maybe you've just gone into a lower gear. That's not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah just a lower gear. As long as I won't go in reverse. Well, one thing, well, I hope not. That would be bad. <laughs> one thing that I appreciate about the time you spend with, not just, well, with me, but with my kids, is that they you teach them how to do something. Like when Georgia's bicycle tire, <laughs> right? Yeah, but you want to learn. She did. And I told her, I said, well, let's fix that flat. She said, oh, show me how to do that. I yep. Said, I'll be glad to. Yep. And she sat right there and paid attention to it. And I well, think yeah. she actually learned how to do it. She did because she fixed her daddy's flat. That's what she told me. And her daddy said, I don't even know how to do that. How did you learn how to do that? And she said, Papa Jay. And he goes, what do you do with Papa Jay when he's here? And I'm like, we fix things. That's what we do. We piddle, we have projects, and we fix things. Yeah. And they love to learn from you. Isla is less interested. But I wonder if that's, well, I guess based on this trip this time, we can say she's still less interested. Yeah, the only real time she ever got interested in anything mixing semen. I don't oh, know if you remember right. or not. Yes, with, I do. Yeah, we're mixing in that wheelbarrow. Now, she got all into that. She did. She helped me the whole afternoon after mixing up that cement. Though. She, she was did. all about that. Georgia pretty much gets involved in a lot of the things we do. But yes. She, I was never showed much interest. No, I think she, I don't know if she gets bored or distracted or if she's just not interested, but she definitely doesn't have the hang in. That Georgia does. Right. And, you know, you have to be interested in something to hang in, or else it's torture. I mean, you can't teach them nothing, but I want it. That's true. I mean, I still like to spend time with her. But, of course. And I'll teach her what I can, but if she's not interested, move on. Oh, exactly. <laughs> That's what's the point. So you think you learned how to, how to be a good teacher from Pop? I don't think he ever taught me anything. He taught me how to saddle a horse. <laughs> Who, Pop? Uh-huh. Well... I don't know how much, you know, I don't really never thought about that. I don't know how much effort he would give in teaching you anything. He's from a generation where girls didn't need to know how to build a house. Ah, uh, yeah, You know true. what I'm saying? What are they going to waste his time? What he knew to yeah. try to teach a female, Yeah, it's kind of a waste of time. The era he came from. That's true. Would say, you know, I, I could show her how to frame up this shed right here, but she ain't never build no shed. <laughs> right. So, yeah. she, you know, he just, I, I'm sure that's what it was. All right, that makes perfect sense. The kind of relationship y'all had, he would have definitely taught you something if he had been in this day and this time as it is now. Oh, for sure. Rather than where he Well, he would have been a different person if he'd been in this day and <laughs> yeah. time. I mean, he was a totally different person. But I did ask him a lot of questions. I think he liked that too. I think it was a part of our relationship is when we went into the pasture, I asked him, what is that cow? Where'd you get it? Does it have a calf? Oh, yeah, he would definitely if you showed an interest, he would definitely like that. Uh, I was always curious about his cattle. Um, <clears throat> but anyway. Well, he loved that because, you know, you know what his answer was to the – somebody asked him if he won one of them multi-million dollar lotteries, what he'd do with the money. No. You know what his answer was? No. I'd farm till it run out. Uh, <laughs> so he really liked farming. Oh, he lived for it. I knew he liked cattle work. He liked farming. He would have – if he'd had – the money he would have he would have farmed. That's all he would have done. And one time we used to plant huge cornfields and stuff like that when 
I was a teenager. We had a lot of cornfield and hayfield that we planted every year. Hmm. And when he got hurt bad, you know, that tractor ran over him. He'd never get back into it too much. Yeah, you heard that right. A tractor ran over him. <laughs> it did, right? Broke his back, right? Yeah, in several places. And he had to lay flat on his stomach in a body cast forever. How long? A long time. I don't remember now. Now, that was, actually, that wasn't it. No? And the body cast come from a surgery he had, if I'm not mistaken now. The body cast come from a surgery he had in the 50s on his back. He had back surgery? In the 50s. That's after he broke his back? No, no. That's 15, before. 16 years or so before he broke his back. 14, 12, 15. Oh. I don't remember how long. This is when he never even heard of back surgery. Why did he have back surgery? Something was wrong. They had to go in there and do some surgery. Did it fix it? I reckon you've seen how he works. Yeah, he works like a horse. Um, <laughs> and then when I was, oh, my early 20s, a treehouse fell on him mm-hmm. and broke his hip. <laughs> That's, that was after the tractor run over him and crushed his back. Off. Yes. <laughs> and then he had plates and pins put in that hip, and it healed perfectly. Right. They got arthritis in it so bad he couldn't stand the pain, so he had to have a total hip replacement. Right. And he and he did. And kept working. And kept working. That crazy. Still in his regular business for 10 more years. Oh. Because the doctor told him, he said, this hip will last an average man, you know, 15, 18, 20 years, but you probably 10, and that's what he lasted was 10 years. How about that? About, you know, give or take. Man, I mean, exactly. Uh-huh. It's pretty close. He was really hard working, but what I really always thought was so cool was that when it was supper time, he came in and he was done. Like when Granny got, I don't remember him going back to work after supper. Did he? He did. I would have thought he'd done that on up where you would still remember it. I don't remember that. Because he went up there in any shop in the chicken house and worked building these little truck bodies and stuff like that, lots of nights and Weekends he worked on that stuff. Uh-huh. It's just uh, might have been before then. I don't remember. I don't remember him working after, um, after he ate. But yeah, he always had a pocket protector full <laughs> of like all kind of stuff, like a wax pencil and uh, soapstone. Is that what that is? Yeah, that's Malcolm metal with. He had that and pens and pencils. He had a spiral top little notepad, mm-hmm. and he took it out and put it on the counter <laughs> <laughs> every day. That was his little his little purse, but not yeah. <laughs> not really a purse. Yeah. What else was in that thing? In that notebook? In the pocket protector? Oh, I don't know. I know I he had a pocket know. watch and his overalls and that pocket protector. What else would have been in that thing? It was a car. He always had a carpenter's pencil. Oh what? Carpenter's pencil, the oh, yeah. the flat uh the one. Yep. And uh that uh soapstone and pens and pencils. I guess that's I it. I guess that was it, yeah. He had felt tip markers too, felt tip pens he kept too. <laughs> what kind of business was he running where he needed all that stuff? Well, if you mark it on a piece of metal, the soapstone works good, but certain times you just need a, a like a Sharpie. Uh-huh. To make certain kind of marks. Yeah. So all that's working metal mostly. And the pencils are working wood. So he just had it all just in yeah, case. Just in case, yeah. You just never know. You never knew what he gonna do. He was something else, that guy. <laughs> something else. So when he died, I took one thing of his. <clears throat> I don't even know if you know I have this. 
I have. Okay. Every day he'd come in for breakfast and granny would give him a cup of coffee and a very, in, in a coffee cup and a very shallow bowl. It was mint green. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he would pour half his coffee in that bowl while he ate his breakfast because that would cool his coffee down. And then when he's ready to drink his coffee, he'd pour it back from the bowl into his coffee cup <laughs> and drink it. I took that bowl. For real? I did. That was the only thing I took when he died. I have it. It's in my jewelry box. That's pretty much every day. You should see the bottom of it. It's bubbled up and cracking because the coffee was so hot. He just put it because it was like a, it was a weird type of plastic. I'm sure it's from the 70s. But it was like a, like what they, I guess is what melamine is now. But it was plastic, and it had just bubbled and cracked, and it was the color of coffee. And I thought this was probably why he had dementia, <laughs> is that he was drinking whatever this bowl is made out of every day. But I took that bowl because, boy, if that wasn't part of who he was, he mm-hmm. used that every day. I every wanted day. something he used every well, you day. Got it. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I've never seen anybody else do that ever. Have you? I don't remember if I have, but I remember him doing it. Every day. Every day. I mean, I can see him pouring it, and then he'd cross his hands, lace his fingers while he chewed. Chew and chew and chew and chew, and he'd eat, and he'd cross his hands and chew and chew and chew and eat, and do it again. And then he would pour it back in, and he'd tilt his chair back on his back legs of the chair, and he would he would wiggle it back so he was away from the table a little bit and drink his coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? I don't think I remember. You all remember that. all that? I remember the coffee part, but I don't remember. All oh, I other. do. Didn't I it? don't doubt it though. Oh. It was a creature of habit. Uh, to say the least. <laughs> yes, every day, same thing. Yep, he very seldom ever changed his routine. He did cornbread and milk. Cornbread and milk. That's right. <laughs> it did evolve though. At one point, he was eating. Uh, Frosted Flakes at night. When 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 I lived with them, when we when I was in third grade, when we lived. But with that them. was on after supper time. Wasn't it? After supper, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he always eat a, a cornbread milk cornbread with dinner. Milk just so to eat supper most of the time. Right at the table. Right. That's right. And and the fr- the um, cornflakes was right before he went to bed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he would eat a whole bowl right before he went to bed. Wonder he didn't weigh a couple hundred pounds. I know, right? Well, he was a big guy. So but he wasn't big. He was just tall. No, he was big. His shoulders were huge. Oh, I'm huge. talking about fat big. No, he wasn't fat. Yeah, he was a he was a big boned guy. He was huge. Huge. <laughs> yeah. He was like a, a a Mack truck. He was like six four. I know. Eight, and I don't even know how wide. I don't know either. But he was a big person. His intimidating figure. <laughs> anyway, why do you think we have such a good relationship? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> Why do you think it is? I don't know. I guess chemistry is just right, I guess. I think that's part of uh, it. Hmm. Never really thought about that. I have. Well, then tell me what you think. Well, I want to know what you thought first. <laughs> I don't think so. I did, I did. <laughs> I've talked about it quite a bit in therapy, by the way, because I clearly do not have a good relationship with my mother. No, so you yeah. would think if you don't have a good relationship with one, why do you have a good relationship with the other? I mean, obviously, I don't want, I don't want to talk about my mom yeah, because we, we don't, I don't need to answer that. question. You don't need to answer that. But it is interesting <laughs> why, because we have always had a good relationship. Yeah, as far as I know. Yes. 
Uh, from birth. <laughs> I don't remember. Ever. Mm-mm. I never wanted anything else but a good one with you, though. Right. I mean, first time I ever saw you, this, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> Hooked. Right? <laughs> yeah. You should have had three more kids. <laughs> you should have. You should have had way more kids. You're mm-hmm. such a good dad. If me and your mom hadn't had trouble, we probably would have. Yes, probably. If she hadn't uh, done whatever. Yeah. You know, I'm not. It just didn't work out. That's right. Yeah. And if it had worked out. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe I was supposed to have four and I just put it all in you. (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) I appreciate it because it's very appreciated. Um, I think think there are subtle things you did during my childhood that made our relationship what it is today. One is I could always rely on you. You were 100% reliable. There was never a time that I can remember. I'm sure it, it happened because all parents, you know, are late or disappoint their kids or forget something. I'm sure it happened. But I don't remember a time ever feeling like I was let down. And obviously that seems like a really high goal or expectation yeah. for a parent. But you did have me only two weekends a month, every other weekend, and for three months in the summer. And of course, I didn't want you to drop me off at Phyllis's. I want to go to work with you. That's not what I mean. I mean, like, if you couldn't be at school to pick me up at 3.30, somebody else was there, period. No discussion. I didn't have to worry or wonder or wait. If you said, we're going to do this on Saturday, and something came up and we couldn't do this on Saturday, you just let me have it straight. We can't do it, and this is why, and I'm so sorry. So every active, uh, every action I can remember in my childhood was very reliable. Like I just knew what you said is what you meant. And if that wasn't what was happening, it was not because you were being shady or trying to trick me or, um, or wanted to just make me happy for the moment. It was because that's factually the way it is. That's pretty much right. It is right. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. I mean, you know, in the two weeks I didn't have you, you know, me and Ken and Doug, three of us lived together, you know, and partied a lot. Yep. But, you know, I told them when they moved in, I said, listen, this goes on this Friday. It's all over. Bachelor pad and till. (laughs) That's right. And luckily, Doug had a son about my age, so it was bachelor pad and then... On Daddy's weekend, it was Pizza Hut and Saturday Night Live and football game and splitting wood in a wood splitter and going in the woods and playing in the treehouse. And then the party started again. You know how many beer cans I picked up from that house in the yard? (laughs) I think one party, I alone picked up eight full garbage bags of beer cans from your yard. Neighbors. It was not neighbors. We lived half a mile in the woods. There were no neighbors. It was from a crazy party on Halloween. It was a oh, Halloween yeah, we party. Had some, yeah. I know you did. <laughs> we had some. So, Halloween, what would you do for Halloween? Uh-huh, uh-huh, then? Uh-huh, uh-huh. When I was a kid, what would you do uh-huh. for Halloween? Huh? Tell me, tell me. You know how that started. No. You know, it's just going to be me and Doug. And no. Brandon and you. I did not know that. Oh, yeah, that's all it's going to be to start with. And then, you know, naturally, Stephanie and Wade, you know. Yeah. But that's about it. But then when I talked to the other people like Mitchell and David, and that was a long part of that. 
Well, part of what? That Halloween spook Halloween. So he's not explaining what he did. So I'm going to explain it and then I'll let you keep talking. So we lived in a log cabin. It was about 3,000 square feet. Mm -hmm. The top two floors were this, well, it was really one floor with a loft and uh, and a basement, a full basement. The, The top floor and the loft were all big would you say hand-hewn oh, yeah. logs? 78 years old when we lived there. Yeah, it was 180 years old when we lived there. It had huge stained glass windows on either side of this rock fireplace. And um, it was just beautiful. And then underneath was this cinder block basement, huge basement. It had, mm-hmm. what, two bedrooms, a living room, a bathroom, and a laundry room downstairs. Mm-hmm. That was just cinder block and doors. So, Daddy... And his friends and family members turned it into a haunted house, which we called a spook house in, for Halloween. And it was epic. <laughs> it wasn't minor. It was, let me just say this. My daddy threw chicken guts at me in the spook house. Accurate? Is that accurate? Yeah, like, that's yeah. Pretty close. It was accurate. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, well, so how many adults did that? I think it was 12, 14 of us, I think, all together. Put it all together. They were a bunch. You know, Gerald Rollins, you remember him? He was in there. Do I remember him? He scared oh. the shit out of me. <laughs> he has more hair on his body, and he put a Wolfman mask on and took his shirt off, and I was done. He looked just like Wolfman. He was so, and you put wire. I would, they, we had this laundry room, and they covered the door with, like, chicken wire and put him behind the chicken wire like they had caught the Wolfman. And he was caged in my laundry room. It was so scary. <laughs> yes, I remember it. I remember it. And Phyllis was in one room with a big cauldron and two other people dressed as witches. Jan was dressed as like Bride of Frankenstein in a coffin. You remember that? Yeah, remember. And when you walk by her, she'd sit up and touch you. It's so scary. Dark in there, too. Oh, my God. Plus, and- you just went a half a mile down the woods to get there. Yes, and then you had like wrecked cars on the driveway. You had <laughs> dead bodies hanging from the trees. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. It got a little out of hand. It did get a little out of hand. Yeah. But it was really fun. We actually hauled dirt in there and put graves in the basement. <laughs> yes, you did, inside the house. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. You guys were really creative. Yeah. You did a good job. You were a surgeon, and Joyce was your patient, and you threw chicken guts at everybody who came through there. How much chicken guts did you have? I don't remember. It's a good bit, though. Because you'd have to refill, wouldn't uh-huh. you? Every time. I went through it with Casey Teal, and I thought Casey Teal was going to rip my arm out of socket. <laughs> he would get out of there so fast. He was scared to death. And, you know, I had the biggest crush on Casey Teal my entire life, so I was so excited to go through this spook house with Casey, and he was t- <laughs> He could not get out the back door fast enough. I was scared to death. It was really scary. It was pretty bad. It was really scary. And then your brother, oh, my God. I remember they would make everybody stay inside on the main level. And then you go down these stairs to the basement where the spook house was, right? And they had people who would take you down. Tilda was one of the people who would was the, like the guide. But every once in a while, my Uncle Steve would come up the stairs. Crawling. 
in a sombrero <laughs> and he had his pant legs rolled up. I don't know what he was doing in this boot house that required that he rolled his pant legs up. He's probably in some kind of costume, but he would act out this whole thing. They're killing me. I'm almost dead. <coughs> Don't make me go back. Don't make me. I mean, just like flailing around. How likely is it that he was drinking? Pretty likely. <laughs> back in 1982? Probably. Yeah, probably though. And he probably wasn't the only one. <coughs> Sorry. But my goodness, between that and George Haynes was outside jumping on cars <laughs> as people drove down the driveway. He'd just jump on a car. Yeah. You remember had that dumb bull pulling that string on that <coughs> Sorry, I do. Had such a eerie sound to it. People wouldn't even some people wouldn't even want to get out of the car, come in the house. So people who don't know what that is, it's like a metal bucket. Mm, gallon metal can. Gallon metal can. And you stick a hole in the in the end of it and you put a piece of waxed string in it. You can like tie a knot in it and keep it in the hole. And then when you drag your fingers on the wax string, it echoes inside that can, and it sounds so scary <laughs> in the middle of the woods. Yeah, right. Yeah, if you're off in the dark place, middle of the woods, it scared it scared me. It scared. I mean, it sounds like an animal, or maybe a poltergeist, <laughs> or I don't. It's really scary. They were awesome. So you're pretty reliable in that way. <laughs> Halloween was awesome every year. It was fun. Oh, gosh. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> then the adults had a costume party the next night. Which is where I picked up the eight bags of beer cans <laughs> from the next much, yeah. Yeah, night. How did you party twice in a row like that? I don't know. Just got it done. Just good at it. Just good at it. <laughs> so people are always so amazed that I'm married to Bert. Being as you know, being who Bert is, and I always think to myself, he's a little bit of a combination of both my parents. The part of him that's you is that always having fun, always having a good time, really hardworking. But he parties like you partied when I was young, right? Mm -hmm. You don't party like that anymore. But when <clears throat> I was young, uh, your house was always really fun. There was always something going on, and some of what was going on might have been work, but the work was still fun. There was always music playing. Oh, you're right. Um, we always were laughing and joking and cutting up, and everybody there seemed to be enjoying themselves, right? Mm -hmm. Even if they were working. Yeah, you're right. And uh, that's kind of who I'm married to. I guess it is. <laughs> it is. You guys on paper don't seem alike at all. No, I mean, if you just write down on paper who I married, but in a lot of those, a lot of those kind of subtle ways, I constantly go, I married my dad. Exactly. <laughs> He's Bert's the hardest working guy. I know you were always the hardest working guy. I knew work in a different way. I wish maybe he were more like your tidy. <laughs> if he could get a little bit of your tidy. I'd be super happy about that. Good luck with that. <laughs> I think after 18 years, uh, maybe I'll luck. What do you think? Another reason I think we have such a good relationship is we've always been honest with each other. That's key. Right? Mm-hmm. And not that hard, is it? <laughs> no. If you ever get off of it, it's hard to get back on track, I imagine. I haven't never gotten off of it. I don't think so either. Have you been off of it with a stepkid? 
Me? Yeah. Not that I know of. Okay. Well, then what do you, how do you know that? Are we just watching other people? Oh, I see. I didn't think so. I figured you were. No, I thought I know of. Real good with all I your stuff. I'm to them that I know of. I wouldn't think so. <laughs> I wouldn't expect that of them. I was just curious how you knew that or what, just observing. Yeah. I'm I can't sa- imagine. I'm 72. Oh, because you're 72. <laughs> well, that does make sense. You are very experienced. <laughs> um, I think another reason that we have such a good relationship is uh, your personality. <laughs> you want to know why? Yes, I want to know. You do? <laughs> you're never unhappy. Never unhappy? Never unhappy. <laughs> you are happy every day. It's really easy to be a kid and be around someone who's happy oh, okay. every day. <laughs> every day. <clears throat> well, yeah, I don't. I never thought of it like that. You never thought about. I mean, that? the days I was you, I actually I was happy, but I don't know if I was happy every day. Or even I don't know. Uh, I guess I was pretty happy when you called. You know, them years you was gone, I missed you. Oh, I know. I missed you too. It's terrible. And now too. I know it's it's hard it's now. Part of it. You know, it might have been a good thing. We sure make the best of it when we got it. That's true. As a man, tell me about it. Make hay while the sun shines. That should be our motto. Because when you get here, we're like and hit the ground running and yep. never slow down. That's what it was when you come stay with me in the summertime. You know. You're right. Well, we just wide open all the time. You're right. You so knew it was just going to last three months. So it might have actually been good. Isn't that <laughs> fascinating? I never thought about that. But that is exactly the way our relationship's always been. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd pick me up and we'd go straight to McDonald's, and then I would buy every single piece of candy known to man, <laughs> and we would go full speed all weekend, no matter what it was we were doing, yeah. all weekend. And you would drop me off. My mother used to say I would be filthy. <laughs> And exhausted and completely in a bad mood for about three days. And I think to myself, well, I probably was exactly that, just exhausted. Mm-hmm. So I'd sat on myself for two weeks waiting to get to where I could just be myself. So both those things are exhausting in their own way. But I definitely, when I came home to you, um, uh, enjoyed every single minute. Me too. I mean, I don't think I ever went. I don't ever remember feeling like this sucks and I want to go back to my mom or anything like that. But I mean, like, I enjoyed it. Like, I really had fun. You know, I don't know how the people are with their kid, but, you know, I never felt like anything I did with you was a burden. It was right. always what I wanted to do. You right. Know? Well, like I say, we always had a lot of fun. That's what we did. That's so what it wasn't like it's hard work. It wasn't like it. Right. Just enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoyed it all. Yeah. I think it is. I mean, your your, uh, home court advantage was, I guess, people listening might say, well, yeah, you had her every other weekend. It's easier that way because you compartmentalize it. You go to work and focus and just be at work. And then you, when I came, it was all about me, which was fantastic as a kid. But when you have kids all day, every day, seven days a week, it's harder to do that. It's harder for me to do that. But I I do try to uh, be with my kids the way you were with me. I didn't even try to be with my kids a little bit of the way my mom was with me when she was um, in a positive way. You know, my mom was always singing, always singing a song, always talking to her animals or cats as all we had, fatty. And I do that. 
And I definitely didn't get that from you. Right. you. You didn't walk around singing. You didn't talk to animals and make up voices for them and chatter all day long. And I wake my kids up the same way my mom woke me up, which I hated <laughs> and which Isla hates. But I do it anyway because that's one of the things that um, I guess, like it or not, that little piece of happiness and joy from her crept into me. And sometimes I feel like I might be her more her personality than yours but I'm just not really broken. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm, I I don't, I know when people meet me and you together, they don't say you guys are just alike. Uh, they say, I love your dad. He's great. And, but nobody ever says, wow, you guys are so similar or anything like that. Right. Uh, so I feel like I might be more my mom's personality than you, um, which is interesting too, because you and my mom got married. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And so that would make sense too. So in some level, if you and I click and I'm similar to my mom, but not, you know, just a little more healthy, um, <laughs> um that would make sense why we would click. Like yep. George and I click. I don't ever have many problems with Georgia ever. That's because Georgia's like Bert. And I actually really do like Bert. People are shocked that I really do like, but I do. I really, I enjoy Bert. Bert's my friend and my husband and all these other things. So Georgia and I relate to each other the way Bert and I do. Isla and I just bump heads and then love, 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 love. And then bump heads and then love, love, love. Like she'll go through these phases like the other day where she just wanted me to sit with her. She just wants to lay on me. And Isla doesn't have any of that. And I don't know that I'm that way, but. I don't know. It's just different. It's, you know, it's just different. It was supposed to be. I wonder about that sometimes, It'd too. It'd be boring if you had two just like. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> it would be. Yeah. What would be the point of that? That's what I'm talking about. You wouldn't learn anything. <laughs> I've learned so much from my kids. I've learned so much from you um, about so many things in life. One of the things I really uh, pride myself in is that I really do think that every per I, and I understand there's people listening that think this whatever. <clears throat> I really do feel like I think every single person is valuable, no yeah. matter where they come from, what their background is. That's right. And and I learned that from you. Did that's not the way my mother raised me. That's the way you raised me, and I value that very much in who I am today because. Like we're in this house under construction. I value every person from the architect all the way down to the guy that's breaking up the concrete because they are all a valuable human being, no matter what their job is or what they contribute. And I learned that from you for sure. And from your whole family, from from granny's family, from everybody. That's how you guys just treated everybody growing up. I never thought of any other way. Well, everybody is a human being. Yeah. It don't matter what they do for a living. No. They deserve this hired as much as I do. They, they do. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, or where they're from. Yeah. Or uh, what color they are. Any, none of that. I just don't think, I don't think like that. And maybe that's an ignorant statement. Maybe I think like that and I don't know I think like that. But as I move through my days, I really, that doesn't, I just feel like people are people. It's definitely not a big factor. Oh, no, That's no. That's what I'm talking about. I don't no. know if you know it. 
No. Which I don't think it, I think you're right. I don't think you'd feel that way about people. You wouldn't treat these workers and all like you'd do if you felt that way about people. Of course not. But I learned that from you. No, no about that now. I did. Okay. I did. I learned that from you. You know, I watched you manage workers because you owned your shop a long time and then you worked for Mitchell for a while. And even though I, you and Mitchell were partners, you definitely were, I felt like boots on the ground in the garage, right? Mm-hmm. And I watched the way you handle people and deal with people. And it's always with the utmost respect, unless they've gone past some line, obviously. But just on a, if someone made a mistake, I, I don't know that I've ever seen you be nasty. You may be upset, which is not the same as nasty. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen you be upset, but not disrespectful. You know, those things are very different. I don't know. I never thought about it. No? I mean, I, whatever I did, I did thought I thought that's what I needed to do, but I never really thought about that it was treat, mistreating anybody or not. I try not to mistreat anybody. No, I don't think you do mistreat <clears throat> anybody. I'm sure I have. Here's something else I think that's really cool about you. Hmm. When somebody needs something, you just do what they need. Here's an example. Your cousin Dana needed to move from North Carolina back home, and you and your brother and sister was dying there too? Not Carol. Just Carol. Just said, well, we got you. Drove up there, packed her house, moved her back. Yeah. And I know that's a cousin and that's family, but I think you'd do that for just about anybody that was a friend. I mean, if I knew they needed help like she did, yeah. Uh-huh. I think that is um, amazing. Hmm. And I think not enough of that exists anymore. Yeah, you're right about that. And I really respect that, and I love it about you. When you tell me you do stuff like that, I think, yeah, that's my daddy. <laughs> I probably don't right. do as much as I should. <clears throat> We could all say that about anything. Uh, yeah, we could all say that about anything. But you yeah. actually do it. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't. I don't. I don't pay no attention. You don't pay any attention to it. You just go where you think you need to go. If it feels right. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I might be guilty of that. I, I think you're definitely guilty of that. I'm probably not that good though. Not as good as I think you yeah, are. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Okay, well, we'll just let me keep thinking. That, you just don't <laughs> mess with that. That works for me. <laughs> no matter how accurate or inaccurate yeah. the information is. Yeah, that works for me. Um, What was the hardest part about being a parent? Well, that's easy for me. Being away from you was the hardest. Okay. I mean, I mean that's easy for me. Okay, well, besides that. <laughs> that's the obvious answer. I agree. You're right. Discipline. Why? You don't ever want to discipline your kids. You don't say, you're grounded. Uh-huh. Can't go do this because you did this. You don't ever want to do that. Yeah. But you have to. Yeah. That's hard. I agree. It sucks. <laughs> Especially when you do it and mean it. Uh-huh. Because, you know, a lot of people discipline kids, but they never follow through on it. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I'd much like that. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, that's another piece of the reliability. <laughs> You can rely on that punishment being uh, carried through, for sure. And it's hard to do. Yeah, a lot is. of times the punishment is as much a punishment to me as it was to you. Yes, it is. Yeah, because you know when you get punished after you got old enough to drive, then somebody had to take you somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that's who that was. It was you. 
<laughs> or Amy Rainwater. No, well, I, had to get, I had to see to it get done, though. Right, right. When he was driving, I didn't have to worry about it. Yeah. But there was times when that what needed to be done. Yeah. That is a hard part about parenting, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's really hard. It stinks because you feel bad, too, and sometimes you feel like, why can't they just learn without having yeah. to do this, you know? <laughs> exactly. Why can't, because I said so, be enough? Exactly. And it gets frustrating. It's and, hard. That, I, I believe that would have been the hardest part of it. Uh, I think that's a but good You weren't ever in trouble. I mean, you didn't love what normal kids get into, but you really never give me a lot of trouble. <clears throat> Where you come from, you could have been a lot worse. That is accurate. And uh, couldn't really fault you for it from what went on, you know. What I'm yeah, my childhood, yeah. So uh, I'm fortunate, really. Well, I think part of it is that we always just had a really good relationship. Yeah, that had to help. It would be so hard. Well, I, I'm going to say something that I already know and understand, but it is really hard to have a parent that you just don't connect with. Like, I don't remember ever really getting my mom. You know what I mean? Or feeling like she got me. You know, you may have thought you was getting there a few times, and then it just blew up again. It falls apart, yeah. yeah. So then it's not it does That's right. not reliable. Definitely wasn't permanent. Not reliable. That's right. Opposite of <laughs> reliable. Because, you know, sometimes when you get back in with your mom, you know, it kind of bothers me. Well, I'm going to lose her because she'll get hooked up with her mom. Now we hardly ever see her, but. That never Fortunately happened. Fortunately for me, it never happened. <laughs> no, that was never going to happen. But it you could know, look that way to me. I don't know why, because I had no track record of that ever. <laughs> that never happened. Never happened. You're right. No, it never has. And, you know, I, I got a lot of, for whatever reason, I understood you and your family, like my all my family that's on your side. I just kind of understood better than my mom's family. Not that there's anything wrong with my mom's family at all. I just didn't, our chemistry didn't work. I didn't get it. I'd go over there and I go, I don't get it. But I'd go, walk into anybody's house, my, you know, great aunts and uncles. And I felt at home in that family. I mean, almost all of them. I mean, some of Pop's brothers and sisters, maybe not so much, but everybody else. I think my mom harbored a lot of resentment because of that. Yeah. With to me, and maybe toward you. I think maybe they thought we is someone here. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> um, I think maybe I, I don't know that she thought that I had been manipulated into to you really, behaving. You think she would have thought that. I I do, and that's my opinion. That's not based on anything. Well, you know, I don't think I ever manipulated you into anything. Uh, no. I mean, when your mom was doing all this crazy stuff, I always told you, you know, it's your mom. Yep. You just got to learn to deal with it. Yep. Until you got, what, 15 or so, and then I quit. I finally just, you make your own mind up about your mama. <laughs> yeah. But up to you was, what, 14, 15 years old, I pretty much defended her for all the crap she did. Well, you made sure that I understood that at the end of the day, she was my mom. That's right. And you had, because of that, there's respect and there's things that you have to do simply because she's your mom, like her or not like her or whatever your relationship with her is. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. And then you're right. At a certain age, you were like, well, you know, you can make your own decision. But one thing I thought was really important in for me growing up was uh, that you never talk badly about my mom ever. 
You never said anything negative to me about her ever. Now, I knew because I'm a kid and kids pick up on everything that when we would go home on a Sunday night when you were returning me to her and she would be two, three hours late and we're sitting there in the car and we're getting there at the time she told us to get there. I could feel your anger and frustration because who couldn't and how could you not be angry and frustrated? Uh, So I knew that you felt those feelings, but you never, ever said anything to me negative about her. I I don't remember ever until I was old. That's hard, too. I can only imagine. (laughs) But it it allowed me the opportunity to come to my own conclusions. Exactly what I wanted. Exactly. How'd you get to be such a smart parent? I'm not smart. <laughs> yes, you are. You're a really good parent. How do you think that happened? I don't know. I guess maybe even before that happened, I had probably heard people talk to the, tell a kid about their uh-huh. exes and stuff, and I thought, this is just not the way this should be done. Got it. No matter who she is, I don't need to be saying this. Right. And that's the reason I did it. Right. It seemed like the right thing to do. Right. At the end of the day, okay, I see what you mean. You were just ob- observing other people. Mm-hmm. But did, how did you know how to be such a good parent? Yeah, just luck. It's not luck. <laughs> it's not luck. You should give yourself credit for well, it. How could I know that? How could I what? How could I have known that? Is it instinct, do you think? Must be. I didn't read no book. <laughs> you didn't? <laughs> Probably not a lot of parenting books in 1970 anyway. Right. It must have been. Okay, so let's think about this really. If it's instinct, because you were, what made you a good parent, in my opinion, is that you didn't tell me who I should be. You let me be myself. And you all, obviously you said, hey, we don't lie. We don't cheat. We don't steal. Like that kind of, that's not what I'm talking about. Like not, you will play baseball. And because I say so, none of that ever happened. And I know that happens for some kids where their parents push them in one direction or another sports. Sports may not be the right answer, but even how they dress or um, how they present themselves to the world in some way. You never did that to me. You basically said, are you ready? Get in the truck. You know, and that kind of allowing a, a person to just show you who they are is something I learned to do. Because you did it for me. I learned to do that for my kids. Because when they both showed up, I went, who are you? And let me parent you for who you are. Because I definitely had another parent on the other side saying, oh, no, no, this is who you're going to be. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to wear dresses every day. I don't want to have my hair plaited every day. I don't want to not get dirty or whatever things that she, what mm-hmm. parameters she put on. You never did any of that. Now, I, I don't know that any of it was necessary. Like, I, I don't feel like, well, you definitely should have made me shower. You know, <laughs> at 50 years old, I, I didn't shower a lot as a kid, but I don't really think it mattered. Um, does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. I, I took that piece from you as a parent and went, I'm going to apply that to my kids because that allowed me to figure out who I was. It allowed me to figure out who my mom was and it allowed me to figure out who you were to me, right? Because you gave me myself. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You had no instinct about that at all? No what? You had no idea you were doing that? What? No. You didn't? <laughs> no. I mean, 
all this happens when you raise the kid. It's happening in real time. You don't have time to think about all that kind of stuff. You think about what's going on right then. You look back at it years later, and you might notice some things you did, but right there at that point in time, you're just doing the best you could. So basically what you're saying is you're excellent at self-regulating, not losing your temper. You're excellent at um, decisive thinking in the moment and saying... <laughs> you're getting off. <laughs> you're in a different chapter. I'm overanalyzing it. Anyway, um, it was a gift to have you as a parent, you know. It was easy. I'm glad it was easy. Yeah, you was a great kid, I mean. I could have had a lot worse kids. Well, I'll tell you what. You had it easy for a reason. Because I just wouldn't have chopped off my left arm than to have disappointed you. Because to be honest with you, not only did you show me how to be a good person and what I was talking about before, being reliable, being good to everybody you meet, being a person of your word. And if you can't hold up your word, you let them know, I can't hold up your word and I'm sorry and this is why. But also because... I was so unhappy at my mom's, I would never have done anything to have jeopardized being able to be happy at your house. I think my whole childhood was about wanting to be happy, and I was very unhappy in Atlanta. So when I came to you, I was very happy. The whole time I was at your house, whether I was physically with you or with Stephanie and Wade, or with Brandon, or with Jan, or with whoever I was with, I was very happy. And I thought, that's what it's about. So I'm sure in my little child subconscious mind, I was like, no, 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 no. You got to be a really good girl <laughs> over here. Because if not, this might go away, and we can't really deal if this goes away. This is all we got going on. <laughs> If you'd have told me that, it might have been a lot easier on me. I wouldn't have done all that stuff. Done all what stuff? All that stuff. Oh, take me to the lake and stuff? That's not nice. <laughs> that's not nice at all. You know that's not true. I know it's not true. I think the cool part about our, our relationship growing up, too, is I was a very big tomboy. Yep, exactly. And I think if I had been a girly girl. It would have been quite a bit tougher. Right? Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't even know what's what, but, uh, you know, I know it would have been tougher because... You fit into all the things we was doing, right. your personality did. And had you been a really good girl, it would have been a lot tougher. It would have, right? Yeah, definitely. Because it didn't matter what we was doing. You was all into it. I was very curious. <laughs> I was very curious. Oh, yeah. Kid. Um, what, you remember the first time you slept on the river? No. You wouldn't because you was too young. I was too little. <laughs> On the river means on the bank, That's by the right. way, not on the physical river. <laughs> river bank. No. That's what I say. You've pretty much done that stuff all your life. Yes. <laughs> it was very fun. And it would have been, a lot of it might not have happened if you'd have been more girly, as you call it, I guess. A girly girl. Yeah. I was never a girly girl. I was still not a girly girl. <clears throat> um, someone said the other day, asked me if there was one thing I wish I knew how to do better, and I went hair and makeup. I just don't know how to do it. I just go, yep, looks like it's a good haircut. Let's move forward. I don't really know. I mean, it, that's a lot more simple than it actually is, but I really, I don't know. When girls get gussied up for the night going on a date, I feel like I look exactly like this. I just don't know what to do with myself. But um, anyway, so 
Is there anything you were worried about for me growing up? Who had Mary? Sorry. <laughs> I got to complain with that. I did in the beginning. He was a little hard to get, you know. Used he's so to. much different. But now I'm mad. He's, he's my boy now. Yeah, I know. He <laughs> yeah. thinks the world of you. He does. Still totally different. But I don't know what I would have been worried about. No? Just being healthy, happy. That's good. And you always worry about your kid being healthy and happy. Sure. That's I am healthy and happy. I know. It bothers me you living 2,500 miles from me, but you know, you're healthy and happy. That's your one complaint? you could be healthy and happy in Georgia. Well, <laughs> I don't know if I'd be happy in Georgia. You could I'd be. be healthy. I'd you, only be happy because I'd be close to you. But other than that, I don't think I'd be happy there. If no. I thought I'd be happy there, I know. we would have already moved. You're where you need to be. I think we are where we need mm -hmm. to be. And uh, I love going back there every summer and spending a couple weeks. And by the end of those couple weeks, I'm happy to be home. I'm glad yeah. to be back. I love our life here. We have great friends and great business and great kids. And our yeah. kids have great friends. We seem to. So let's talk about that. So now you know almost all my friend groups here, right? You mm -hmm. know, all the campers. You've met Georgia's <laughs> high school mom friends. I did pretty good, right? Yeah. I've had some pretty good people. Some really good friends out here. Right? I like them all. They're good people. Mm -hmm. They um they love some Papa Jay. <laughs> it was like it was like your dance card was full as soon as you got you here. You got that right. It's been busy. <laughs> it has been socially very busy yep. for you. Everybody. How's that make you feel? It feel good. Good. Of course I enjoy all them people. They're great people. Yeah. They have a, I have a lot of fun with them. Oh yeah. Good people. And they have fun with you. <laughs> Which is they do genuinely. Have yeah, we, yeah, we met some new ones this time? Some new ones, and I promise you, he hasn't had more fun with anybody else. <laughs> Kelly Brown, you were the most fun. <laughs> That's pretty funny. But it was really funny. Uh, she's cool. She is really sweet. Mm -hmm. She is a new friend. She's really great. Um, so let's talk more about you, Jimmy. So. Tell me a story from your childhood. What's one of your favorite stories from when you were a kid? You think of anything? What's one of your, one of the, do you have something that you really just like love from being a kid? Is it being in the woods with Steve? On the or, river. On the river. Me and him built that, me and him, Tana built that cabin down there. Yeah. It was about, I don't know, what were we, 12, 13, something like that. Pop took us off down somewhere, down around the grave or somewhere and took down an old post office. Oh, no way. <laughs> Brought it over there, and we just took all that lumber and built us a little cabin on the riverbank down there. Uh-huh. Actually, built it on right on the riverbank. You know, the river used to get out in them bottoms there. Uh-huh. We actually run a cable through that thing, run it around a tree to keep it from washing it away when the river got up. Really? And we've been in that thing before when the water was splashing in the bottom of that thing. No way. And I'm talking about it's 400 feet to the bank. Yeah. Remember them banks, 400 feet wide, and them bottoms are. Yep. And that water was waist deep, 400 feet. I, I don't know how in the world we ever made it. Wow. It's a wonder <laughs> you didn't wash away. It's a wonder. We didn't care. I remember that little house. <laughs> we stayed every weekend down there for years and years. You Even after we got on enough drive, we'd go on dates or whatever, and then we wouldn't go home. We'd go to that little cabin and spend the night. Would you really? <laughs> that's so cool. We stayed down there. I, that's probably my funnest memory, that little cabin right there. That you built. And Daddy used to build plywood John boats. Uh-huh. 
and glue them together and all. I used to take loads of them to Atlanta and sell them every year, like Lanier. Mm-hmm. And uh, he made me and Stephen Stanley a, what he, we call a bateau. Uh-huh. It wasn't one of his boats. He built it from scratch. Built it a certain length, contoured a certain way, and cut us a paddle that fit our length. We'd paddle that thing up down that river, man. Ain't no telling how many times we paddled. It stayed in that water for years. Put a chain on it. Well, lock it to a tree and just left it in the water all day. Did you really? We'd paddle that thing up down that river. That that's that right there is probably the more, my fundest one when, when I was a little. Yeah. So we stayed down there all the time. Yeah. I've slept in that thing when there's snow all over the ground. Cause we had a wood heater. Cause Daddy had that sawmill. We had all the wood we needed. Yeah. So we had a wood heater in that thing. We stayed down there in the wintertime. Just built a fire in that thing. I bet it was cold. Nah, you got enough wood. You can stay warm. <laughs> <laughs> you set the whole house on fire. Yeah, we had plenty of wood. Where'd you get the wood stove? I popped come up with it somewhere. So he loved that you guys were down oh, there. Oh, yeah. People ask me all the time, why, cause we did our drag racing in the bottom dawn, midnight, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, running in our vehicles, you know. Yep. <clears throat> Pop knew it. Yeah. People said, well, you let them tear up your bottom dawn time. He said, I know where they're at. That's true. <laughs> they ain't on the highway. That's true. Not dumb. <laughs> so he didn't care for us ripping them down, spending the night down because he knew we was down there. Right. You know, mama wasn't going to bed if she seen us turn down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, when she seen us turn in there, she's good. That's yeah, don't cool. Worry about it. <laughs> so, and you know who stayed down there with us a whole lot too, don't you? Who? Darnell. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, I am sure. A lot of the time. <laughs> he's such a sweet person. Yep, he's a good one. He spent a lot of time down in that little cabin with us. He did not his brother, not Daryl. No, Daryl was just a couple, three years older than me. And he done gone by the time all this happened. I see. See, by the time we were twelve or thirteen, he was done driving, so he's gone. So what was in the cabin? Was it bunk beds? Mm-hmm. Like two bunk beds? Two, two bunk beds, yeah. A table chair or anything like that? Yeah, there's a little bit of table. One room, there's one about 10 feet square. One big as this office. Really? No. I do remember that. But that was, well, then what would you just sit on the bunk beds? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Use the bottom bunk bed for the sitting, and then when everybody went to bed, you'd have full beds. Do you have, like, sleeping bags? Mm-hmm. How fun. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. That uh, sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> I used to camp down there when I was in high school, but not yeah. there in the other bottom. Yeah. Where they camp now. <laughs> yeah, from the upper and next Artesia. Mm-hmm. Where they got the campground now. Yep. That's where we would camp. You used to go down and string them lights up in the trees down if you all to camp out. You did. <laughs> well, the car battery. Yep. Put 12 old light bulbs up in the trees and then just, I didn't want you, have, I didn't want you fooling with a old Coleman lantern. Yeah, yeah. It was just easier to string them wires up in the trees and you just take a battery down and hook it up. Burn all night. And isn't it funny that now my kids camp in my backyard, which is the closest we can come in L.A. to Pop's Bottoms, uh, for Easter. They just camped in the tent in our backyard. They just wanted to be outside with a fire ring and sleep on the ground. And I went, uh, done and done. That's super easy. Done it a lot of times. Uh-huh. I know exactly what that want feels like, <laughs> and I know why you want it. So let's do it. Uh, I think Georgia would go, well, both my girls are, as you know, are really avid campers. Mm-hmm. Um, they love to camp. So I get it. I think that's really cool. You did, too, when you were a kid. Yes, Still do. But I do. You yeah. Always have. Love to camp. <laughs> we did a lot of it. Yes, we did. 
We did a lot of camping. <laughs> Even when we bought the place on the lake, we still camped. Oh, yes, we did. We still camped. <laughs> so we didn't have nowhere to stay. We just camped out down there for all the time you were running. Yep. And we didn't build that other place till after you was gone. To the, ho- the house? You were building that house. You weren't finished with it when Bert and I first started dating. Mm-hmm. So that house is 18 years old. We've been together 18 years, so it's probably close to that. Yeah, we finished it. We had finished it before y'all got married. But Yes, but when we were dating, it was still yeah. work in progress. That's right. That's a great place. My kids love it. <laughs> they should. They love it. <laughs> we're going there this year. <laughs> Finally. I hope so. Finally doesn't explode before we get there, right? So yeah. You ride her wave runner. Missed it last year. Oh, my God. <laughs> Never heard the end of that. So at 14, you can ride a wave runner without an adult. She turned 14 last year in the pandemic. And we couldn't go and ride this wave runner, and she was dying. And you know that Georgia has not crowed louder about anything than that in a long time. And she says, it's mine and Papa Jay's fault, because when the year I was 13, uh, I guess one of you, I think she says it, that you said, maybe something will happen next year, she won't be able to do it. I and, might have said and, that. And then, ha, 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 ha you know, <laughs> yeah, Georgia. It would have been a joke, you know. It would have been a joke. And, you know, Georgia just latched onto that. And she said, you know, Papa Jay and I put a curse on her because we said maybe something will happen next year. And I'm like, well, could you have not had a pandemic be the curse? Something a little less intense? Yeah, yeah. It didn't have to be that much. I know, right? That sounds about right. So I probably will say something like that. <laughs> so um, you have always had a really good sense of humor. You've always been good at telling jokes and you've always had a really good sense of humor. Why do you think that is? Where did that come from? Haskell. Probably. He had a good sense of humor, yeah. but so did Willa May. She just kept yeah. it quiet. You didn't show it as much as probably. No. <clears throat> oh yeah. She used to cut them every once in a while and it was funny. Yep. I guess maybe it was so funny because it was so Seldom. Yeah. <clears throat> she didn't crack them out once in a while, but she would. And she was funny when she did, yeah. She was funny when she didn't know she was funny, too. I walked in her house one day when she was old, uh, uh, like probably not long before she died, a year maybe before she died. And I, she just hung up the phone. And I said, what you doing, Granny? She went, Murtis Haynes, that woman can talk. <laughs> and then just went on with her conversation about something else and she never complains about anybody she doesn't talk like that much so when she said it i was like that was hysterical she's so she was really funny but it was always something quiet like that so i know i asked you this about pop what do you think the one thing you learned from granny is that's where most of the being nasty people and good to people come from yeah my mom was that way Yes, she was. Not that my dad wasn't, but my mom was really that way. She was. And that's probably where that come from. You know what? She was an interesting lady because I think that she was probably the most non-religious Christian person that I knew. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah, I understand what you're saying. She didn't go to church regularly, but she behaved. Yeah, you're exactly right. Like a a Christian. Like they teach you. Treat somebody the way you want to be treated. Exactly. She mm-hmm. never spoke to me about the Bible. She, I never really knew her to go to church for any kind of regularity or any kind of, you know, on decoration, decoration mm-hmm. day. Somebody <laughs> dies, you know, something like that. But she was one of the most, um, maybe Christian's not the right word. 
she was a very good person. Mm-hmm. Like the way they say you should. Uh, what would Jesus yeah. do? Yeah, exactly. That's how she acted. But I never found her to be religious. Just very Christian-like. Would that be accurate? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, she believed in it. Oh, I, I believe that she did. She behaved she it. She had her own belief in it. That's right. Yeah. But she behaved <laughs> it. Yeah. She showed it. Yes. Which is... Better than some people. <laughs> it is better because then you lead by example. Mm-hmm. I mean, the best way for you to learn is to watch an example. And she definitely led by example. I think everybody that's still living in her family misses her a lot. Oh, I think so, yeah. There's a big hole. I mean, there was a hole when Pop left, but it was a different kind of hole. Mm-hmm. This is like a soul hole, right? <laughs> I guess so. It is. There's like a hole in my soul that I can't fill up because she's gone. There's mm-hmm. so many times that I want to pick the phone up and call her. Had such a great relationship with her as an adult. I don't know why I didn't figure it out as a kid. <laughs> she was just so quiet, and oh. she was always working, and she was always fussing at Pop, and I just wanted to stay out of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> line of fire. Mm-hmm. So I think when I got to be an adult and I went, oh, this is just, they're just being married. <laughs> this, they're just married. That's the problem. And now we can all laugh because they pick at each other for being married and move on. There's nothing wrong. But as a child, you don't know enough yep. to know just that. Get out of there. Yeah, yeah. Just let them have it and, yeah. and not take it seriously. I thought it was serious. Like that's who she was. So I didn't see her out in public a whole lot. I just saw her just ring, 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 pop. And you think, ooh, I'm staying away from her. <laughs> um, one thing she used to do that I tell people about, and they just can't wrap their head around it. Okay, when I would stay at her house in the summer, and she wanted me out of her hair because she didn't want me in the house for some reasons. Maybe she's cleaning her. She did it to us when we get. Uh, she just wants you out of the house, mm-hmm. right? And it's hot as dang blue blazes, and you don't want to go outside because it's too hot. She would make me snuff. Did she ever make you snuff? Mm -hmm. So snuff is cocoa, Hershey's cocoa, and sugar mixed together is sugar. Yeah. She would give you sugar and say, here's some snuff. Now go in the yard and have your snuff. And boy, I'd go in the yard faster. You can, <laughs> I love that. That was so good. But it was like eating pure sugar, yeah. which is probably counterproductive to having a calm child in your house because she's just gave, giving you like four tablespoons of sugar yeah. and go in the yard and eat it. <laughs> I forgot all about that. Oh, I used to love it. <laughs> I couldn't wait to get some snuff. She'd mix it up with those little plastic bowls uh-huh. like Pop's mm-hmm. coffee was in and give it to you. Uh-huh, and go outside and eat sugar, just pure sugar. My mother would have died. She would have had a heart attack. I couldn't, wasn't allowed to have sugar. That's right. <laughs> she was something else. Mm. Yep, miss her every day. I bet you do. Because mm-hmm. you ate lunch with her every day. Every day. She loved that. You know All that. All them years. Yeah, because <clears throat> when Pop died, I told her, why don't you just quit cooking? Yeah. you've been cooking since you were 14. Yeah. For a bunch of people, I said, I can find me something to eat. It's just me and you. I said, just take a break. Yeah. Carol and I heard about it. They told me, don't you do that. Yeah. You go down and you eat her every day. Yeah. Don't she want to eat? That's right. And the first trip I came out here for eight or 10 days, I was coming through the airport, checking out. And she said, she called me. Where you at? I said, I'm coming out of the airport right now. She said, come out here. I got her supper fixed. Oh. I went by there and ate supper and talked to her a while. 
In the conversation, she this is the first thing I've cooked since you left. No way. So what they were right. Me. That's what she told me. She said, I just sit around eat whatever, nothing much. Crackers and junk just to mm-hmm. make her not be hungry. That's She was a nibbler. She would nibble stuff to get herself mm-hmm. not to be hungry and not really eat. If not, then she said that's the first thing she cooked since I've been gone. So then that solidified. I guess I got to yeah. go eat every meal with her. I can't. up. Well, you know it gave her it gave her a great purpose. I don't want to say it gave her reason to live because I don't think that's entirely true. No, it's not. But it gave her a great deal of purpose. Well, that's what she lived for all her life. Yes, I was doing that for other people. Yeah, cooking. I mean, all she ever done. I know. She's a great cook too. Mm-hmm. She mastered it. She did. <laughs> she did a good job. Yeah. Um, I miss her a lot. Me too. So, how'd the podcast go for you, Dad? See what? How'd the podcast go for you? Did you make it? I don't know. Is it over? We can make it over whenever you <laughs> I don't know what time is it. It's how long do you think we've been going for? I don't know. 30, 45 minutes, maybe. An hour and 21 minutes. Are you serious? Uh-huh. That's pretty good, then, not it? It's awesome. It wasn't so bad, was it? I don't know. It was not it's, so bad. I've really been working. Oh, no. <laughs> well, this is the first time we've sat down in two weeks. <laughs> so when you come to town... Does it overwhelm you that I have this much to do? Because no. you know I stockpile it. You know, if I if you just left me to do it and then come around, then yes, I wouldn't like it. Well, I felt that way this trip. No, you've been there. No, I felt this way this trip. If we're able to do this together, then we're spending time. I agree. And we're getting something done. How's it get better than that? Well, I agree, but I worry. I feel like I don't want you to ever feel like I show up and I go, okay, here's the list. Frisch. And let's get it done. And uh, I don't no, want you to ever feel like I'm taking like advantage that. of you in any way, I, shape, or form. I quit for then. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I enjoy it, too. Uh-huh. I enjoy doing it with you. But this particular trip, because my trip got changed, it shifted my focus this I week, and that. I felt really I bad. exactly what was going on. Uh, I felt really bad about not being able to do stuff with you as much this week. I did, too. But it's what had to be done. Freaking Bert. He messes up everything, <laughs> doesn't he? The problem is he just always gets what he wants. Sometimes I, just, I want to get what I want. Just get used to it. I shouldn't be used to it by now. <laughs> so why am I not? I don't need to be working on that because I don't think it's going to change. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, I'm not going for more than seven days. I'm not. <laughs> now I'm going for 12. Yeah. And I'm not leaving until the 6th. I'm not. And now I'm leaving a week early. But it's exactly what he wanted. That's mm-hmm. what he wanted in the first place. He's one lucky sucker. Yep. I agree. Anything else you think we need to talk about? Oh, we didn't need to talk about nothing. Yes, we did. <laughs> I don't think need played a part in this. Well, I can tell you this. I've gotten... More requests for you to be a guest on this podcast in the past two weeks because you've been on my Instagram stuff when we're po- when we're doing I have stuff. no business on that. Huh? No, well, that's my Instagram. I can put whatever I want on it. Okay. And, and so, you know, part of the reason I started this podcast was because I felt like my life is not like everybody else's life. I didn't have a straight Two-parent yeah. home. I didn't. I went to 12 different schools. And there's a lot of people like that. And there are a lot of people like that. And I felt like, for me, when I was figuring out 
the kind of messed up parts of myself, what helped me more than anything was to find out that someone else had that same part that was messed up. So when I read this book about personality disorders and I felt like someone was writing a book about my experience of my mom, then I, I felt not alone instantly just because someone wrote a book about it. So one of the reasons I started this podcast was to say, look at all these things I've learned or look at these things that I would like to still learn and let's learn them together. And I feel like every single episode should be about learning something, either something about yourself something about the other person or something about a subject matter. Like I have my next week's episode, I'm talking to our business manager about estate planning because nobody knows anything about that. And I, I think everybody should. And even if you just know the basics. So I just want to learn. And so many people have reached out and said, but who is your dad? <laughs> like we hear about your mom, but why haven't you had your dad on? And because you're part of that piece of people who have one parent who's not healthy and one parent who is. And there's stuff for the kid that you have to balance about that, you know, because in some ways I made you a superhero. Sorry, Daddy, but you didn't always deserve it. But I made you a superhero (laughs) for survival. That's how I got through the other one. Right. And for someone else to hear, oh, Okay, so it's okay for me to say there's this one part of my dad that I don't completely. I don't even can't even think what that would be with you. But do you know what I mean? Yeah, to to okay. realize that nobody's the, perfect. Exactly, because I would go like like here's a perfect example. When I started therapy in New York with Doctor Bob, I sat down with him, and he said, "So why are you here today?" And I was like, "My mom, my mom, my mom, my mom." And he went, "Okay, what about your dad?" And I went. My dad's perfect. He went, let's start with your dad. (laughs) And I went, no, I don't have anything to say about my dad. My dad is perfect. And he went, that's, I understand. And I am really happy you feel that way. Let's start there. And I was like, okay. So then his point was, I had made you larger than life. Mm -hmm. So you were more important in my own brain than I was. So when I would go to make a decision, it would be filtered through Jimmy not filtered through myself and for a long, long time. And so that, so everything I made, I wondered how you would think, would you approve? Um, would you be upset? Am I hurting your feelings? And I'm buying butter at the grocery store. You know what I mean? Like it, the filter was that strong because I had rejected my mom so much that I just put every egg in the Jimmy Kemp basket. And at a certain point, that's not healthy either. I need to be able to have my own mind. <laughs> but I had gone the other way to keep myself safe. So for pe- other people who have those situations, I think that's really important to hear stuff like that. It really is. So I've talked about you, but I've had so many people like, why hasn't your dad? I know he's out there. <laughs> why isn't he on your podcast? And I'm like, he's just too shy. He doesn't want to do it. I didn't want it. So I understand what this cost you that this was not something you wanted to do. And I really appreciate it. Probably wouldn't happen if you hadn't had that trip moved up. <laughs> Why? Because you didn't find somebody else. You had time to find somebody else. No. Maybe. Okay, maybe. So thank you for doing this because I know it was a big ask. It's all right. It wasn't bad. It's done now. Well, it doesn't mean you you don't ever do it again. 
Hmm? It doesn't mean you don't ever do it again. So I thought it was a one shot deal. No, 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 no. So like I said they about don't know everything about me now. They don't need to be on you. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> they don't know anything about your car working on cars. They, they don't, don't need know anything about that. Why not? Why would they? Because it's super interesting. Oh, God, not the most people. I don't so imagine. the next time you're on, <laughs> okay, we'll talk about. I'll I'll think about something we can talk about where people can see how your brain works. Because one of the things that fascinates me is watching you problem solve. Like when we were talking to Tom the other night, who's a movie producer, and he's producing this film, and he was sharing these amazing kind of new technologies that he is implementing in this film production. And you're having a back and forth conversation with him, Mm -hmm. which you would have to be really smart to be able to even stay in the conversation. And at the end of the conversation, he said, you should have been a special effects guy. Yeah, no, he said that. I know he said that. No, but he's like somebody who is extremely good at his job, ridiculously good at his job. That was an enormous compliment. Um, And I know you know it. So that's what I mean is I'd love for someone to see that part of the way your brain works because it's fascinating. You're so passionate about solving a problem when it's something like with your hands. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, you're right about that. It's how you approach working on cars. There's no problem you can't figure out. Oh, no, that's not true. No, but that's how you approach it. Oh, okay. Yeah, you may be right about that. <laughs> I think that's fascinating. So many people give up. That's counterproductive a lot of times, though. I thought a lot of the time might be a big statement. Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. Or maybe from time to time. Let's even bring it down even one more. Occasionally, it's counterproductive. Most of the time, you figure it out. Yeah, but by the time I do, I could have made more money and more successful jobs in that same length of time. I'm not talking about that part of it. <laughs> I don't care anything about that part of it. I'm talking about the that. The challenge. Pit bull. Yeah, 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 yeah. I will not let this problem go till I have figured it out. Stubborn. Is it stubborn? That's what I call it. I've been called stubborn myself from <laughs> time to time. And I do that same exact thing now that I'm talking about you. This is where our personalities are alike. Is when there's a problem with this house, I go, no, no, no we can figure this out. This can be, fig- there is nothing that cannot be figured out. <laughs> nothing. Nothing on a script. Nothing on a stand-up special, nothing in a podcast studio that cannot be figured out. I don't give up either. Not very easily. I don't either. It's cost me a lot, too. But has it? Yeah. But has it? Because the thing is, you're super sharp. (laughs) Yeah. You are. You're really sharp. I I probably was at one time, yeah. No, no, you still, don't do that. You are totally super sharp still. Mm-hmm. You may not feel like you are as sharp as you were before. I don't feel like I'm as sharp as I was 10 years ago either. I think that's pretty normal. Okay. Then I'm about normal. But you are super sharp at stuff like that. It's really impressive to watch you figure out how to fix something. It's impressive. It is. And for Tom to say you should have been a special effects person, you should let yourself be impressed by that. Well, I was. You good. Yeah. Good. Daddy thinks that. He loves you. <laughs> I'll talk to you. He's a great a nice guy. guy. He is. He loves you. He loves showing you all that stuff because I don't think anybody else either A, cares, or B, understands what he's talking about. Oh, I do both. I know. <laughs> and so do you imagine if you finally found somebody who understands every yeah, single yeah. classic car. 
<laughs> and all their motors and stuff. Yeah. And then you'd it'd be the same. Yeah, it'd be the same. It's pretty cool. I enjoy talking to him. I'm sure like these things he takes us to. That's nice. Yes, it is. Yeah, can't wait to see this movie. Me too. It's going to be fun. We'll see, see all this stuff come to life that we were looking at. That'd be cool. Did you ever think you'd get to do any of that? Mm-mm. So that's a perk to having your daughter 2,500 <laughs> miles away. A small perk. I mean, okay. it's totally worth it. <laughs> well, Daddy, I love you. I love you too. With all my heart. Me too. I am who I am today because of you. You got a lot to do with who I am too. You think so? Well, yeah. How many times you think I'd have went to New York and California if you had to move back? Well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. There's lots of things I've done that's because true. of what you've done. I guess that's true. It is true. I learned a lot from you, too. You did? Well, yeah. Everybody learns from their kids. They might not want to admit it. They learn a lot of life subjects from their kids. Yeah. Okay, well, let me ask you this. What's the number one thing you learned from me since I asked you about Granny and Pop? Patience. <laughs> Yeah, boy, you got that right. (laughs) (laughs) How to be patient. Yeah. So I guess that's right. Patience would be the number one thing you'd learn from your kids, I guess. I think so. Either learn it or lose it one. That's right. Learn it or lose it. Patience, learn it or lose it. That's so true. Oh, my God, that's funny. Patience, learn it or lose it. We should make a T-shirt that says that. That's great. It'd probably sell, wouldn't it? It would, right? Because it's the truth. Let's <laughs> come up with that, too. Yeah, I know, because you have that fantastic sense of humor I was talking about. <laughs> see? We just got to see that. That's great. Okay. All right. Well, I love you, Daddy. Love you, too. Oh, thank you for being on my show. <laughs> okay. It's actually pretty good. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm glad. You got a brand new key. I think that we should get together and-